Welcome to the OP Podcast for entrepreneurs who want to find more meaning in life and more profitability in business. Today, you'll hear from an entrepreneur just like you as they share a tip or two about optimizing life and business. Let's join the conversation. Hey, this is Lyle with Optimized Profitability. Today, I'm with Judy Davis. She's the founder of Watson Davis, which is a trade compliance group that she started in 2008. But she's been in this trade compliance world for over 20 years. And the funny little story that I know about her is she had to classify all the parts for Big Bird. You don't think about things like that. So Judy, tell us how you got to become an entrepreneur and what that journey looked like for you. Well, it started a long, long time ago. <laughs> we had, uh, I actually started this as a second career. I got in back into the market after my kids were grown and said, I want to do something different than what I had originally planned to do with my life. And a friend, actually a friend of my son said, well, you ought to just sign up for a temp agency and see if, if, um, you know, you can get into several different fields that way, working temp jobs. Well, I did. And the very first job I worked, um, put me into the shipping business with ocean industry. And I absolutely fell in love. It's like curiosity got the best of me. Uh, how many pairs of shoes can you fit in a shipping container? How many, uh, how many Jeeps can you send to Iraq? Cause it was during the first Iraq war um, in, in one shipping container. How, how does it get loaded on a ship? I actually got to go to the port in Houston and watch them load a ship. And it just, I was hooked. Um, it was, it just got, went from one thing to another. Well, after being in the shipping side of ocean for a while, um, the company I worked for was sold and they ended up back, uh, down in Houston. I, I traveled to Houston for about a year and a half doing some training down there, but I was not the place I wanted to be. My family's all in Dallas and I didn't want to move to Houston. So came back with the idea of, okay, so what part of this field can I get into? Because you can't really do ocean shipping out of Dallas. It was weird that I got into it in the first place. <laughs> but uh, came back with the idea of, okay, where do I go from here? And um, landed a couple of small jobs along the way, almost that same project temp type stuff, and ended up at an integrated circuit company in 2006. Um, where they actually made the integrated circuits, manufactured them right here in the United States at that time. And um, I had a gentleman who was working with me on that project that uh, we ended up hitting it off. And just he told me one day, uh, I'm tired of hearing you talk about this as a group. Either do it or he's right. Um, so I went down to a lawyer friend of mine and had him help me open an LLC and we started Watson and Davis. Um, at the time, the boss I was working for was a very um, encouraging man, I guess is the guess, best way to say it. He, he pushed and encouraged you to be not just good at the job that you were doing for him, but if you had interests in other areas, he encouraged that. He encouraged you to to put yourself out there, to do those things. So when I told him I had started the company, he was, he was all for it. It was like, you know, you work that in your part-time, be sure to stay with me because I want you. <laughs> and um, somewhere in that next couple of months, the Department of Homeland Security opened what they called the cargo screening business. Your, from 2001 going forward, if you got on an airplane, your luggage and you got screened, right? You, we all walked through metal detectors, we did everything. But the cargo that was loaded onto those planes didn't start getting screened until 2008. 
So there's a big gap in there and Homeland Security was trying to fill that gap. So they turned it over to the pub, well, private industry. It wasn't really a public, it's a private industry. We had to sign up and qualify and we went through a whole lot of rigmarole with that. But we, we finally got into the business. We were the only independent cargo screener in the DFW area. And a lot of, at that point, we stepped away from what I was doing in trade compliance and went into, it's all kind of the same part of the same business, all part of cargo and screening and classifying and compliance. But you say compliance to people and they go, yeah, uh what do you, um, lawyers, (laughs) ethics, um, numbers, all those kinds of things that a lot of people don't think very much about. But to me, it was like you mentioned, Big Bird is fascinating. You, uh, Disney was shipping, was opening their uh, park in Japan several years back, and they were sending all the costuming over to Japan um, and the animatronics for the rides and stuff. Well, when you export something, every piece of that piece of equipment has to be classified, not just you, you don't just classify Big Bird. You classify all the joints and the feathers and the eyes and the beak and the you know, all the different pieces that made Big Bird, the Amatron, do what he did in whatever ride it was. So I got to kind of tear Big Bird apart and, <laughs> and figure out what made him operate, <laughs> which was fun. So let me ask you, what was the mindset? Because you went from a temporary job to something you enjoyed, and then you decided to make that a career. And and as stepping out as an entrepreneur, that's scary for some people. Other people find it really comfortable. What was that mindset for you and that concept? It was very scary. It was. It was not something I would have done, I think, on my own, but the push from the partner and the uh, investment from the boss who actually put money behind it. Um, but the biggest, the biggest driver for me was curiosity. I was so curious to know how does, how does cargo, how do things get from one spot to the other? Why do you have to go through so many different steps to, to send you know, we have a FedEx mentality in the United States. You put it in a box and you send it. It's not the way it works globally. When you, you can put it in a box, but then there's a whole lot of qualifications that has to go behind it. Your, your hat would have to be qualified by itself to be shipped out of the country. It has its own code. Hmm. Um, that microphone has its own code. My computer has its own code. So everything has to have its own code to go out there. And it was just the idea of being able to dig into that and find out the curiosity that says, you know, how many shoes, pairs of shoes can you put in a container? <laughs> and where's that container going? Um, what's it going to, what's going to happen to it when it gets there? That to me, that was, it was exciting. Um, and you, you, you can't teach somebody to be curious about something. It just either is or it isn't. And it just grabbed my attention. And when it did, it was like, I used to tell people that I trained in this business that you get to the point that the containers or the boxes or the codes are attacking you in your dreams, you're hooked. <laughs> because it just becomes so much a part of you that um, it's it's curious. It's what am I going to do with that? And how do I, ooh, what is that exactly? I had something the other day came across my desk. So you're big on curiosity. I love that. Uh-huh. I think, what was your motto you were telling me a while ago? Just be curious. Just be curious. That's your Just motto. Be curious. Just be curious. So Just how do curious. you, how do you um, develop, how do you increase the curiosity factor in your life? 
in my life, um, a lot of it just has to do with what's the one, what's one thing that'll grab me? What's, what's the one thing I look at the computer screen, just like all the new technology. I look at the computer screen and I say, how does that program get from here to China or from China to here as the case may be? <laughs> um, and, and it's, uh, it's all the different roads, inroads and outroads and, and the people. A lot of it is the people we talk about. You've probably heard the term supply chain, which has become a buzzword over the last several years. When I first started this business, nobody ever heard of a supply chain. Now the supply chain is a big part of how do you get the materials that you need to do what you do? And, um, it, and you find out that, you know, that little hook that goes on to um, your computer laptop that hooks it into your computer bag is classified differently or the one the one that really got me going was a bolt it was just a huge uh bolt with a with a nut on it big i mean it had to have been six inches tall and and three inches around and i found out that it was made for nasa and i asked because it it was just curious for me it was like wow what would you do with such a big bolt well it was made for nasa and that not only made it special to go on the spacecraft, but it put it into a whole other category of compliance. It put it into the defense industry. And so that opened up another door. And it just became, it was just one thing after another. The one thing I have found in 20 years in this business is I've never been bored. I mean, there's always something new to learn and to do. Right. Never been bored. Building clients across several different industries. I've got clients on the board right now that range from they build elevators to they build trains to they make integrated circuits. I mean, you've got the, you've got the whole game or medicines. I've got a, I've got a pharmaceutical company right now that I work with. It's just, it's fascinating. Just fascinating. And I know like this is your first Zoom recording as far as I know. Yes. And so technology's kind of changed for you. What are some tips to help somebody right now? Some tips that you're using in your life that's helping you be a success that might help another entrepreneur. This is going to sound really funny, but synonyms. Find out there's more, there's always more than one meaning to a word. And if you can't find what you're looking for under what they tell you it is, what's, what else could it be called? What else can it do? What, that's where the curiosity comes in. What else can it be called? You know, this is a bolt. Well, what else can it be called? Well, it could be called a stud. It could be called a, in the in the hardware world. Um, what else can it be called? And what else can it do? There's a whole category in this development that's called dual use. The same integrated circuit that they make to go in this laptop that you and I can talk on Zoom is the identical circuit that's used in a missile. Mm. So... How do you how do you regulate that to sell it around the globe? They call them dual use items to to stay a handle on it so it doesn't end up in the hands of a terrorist. Mm -hmm. Thus, my security issues came into play. <laughs> and um, when you work with Homeland Security and you've got, been under sensitive security information, it's um, it's the curiosity that gets to you. You can't always share with somebody else. Oh, yeah. um, and in and of itself, that's kind of fun, I guess. <laughs> it's like, like being a spy, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not a spy, but I've got a secret. <laughs> now, do you have any interesting stories that you can share officially? Um, I've got some. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, besides Big Bird. <laughs> besides Big Bird. <laughs> um, um, I've got a couple security stories. When we were on the 
cargo screening side of things. Remember, I told you that came up after the fact. And by the time the cargo got into play for screening, they were already screening baggage and all that stuff. And we've always been and still are, to some extent, a step behind the terrorists. We're always reactionary, unfortunately, instead of being ahead of it. So when we were screening cargo under, it was a, a specific type of an x-ray machine that we were able to use to, to look for things. Um, we, I had a situation one day, and this has been declassified now, where um, the bubble wrap inside the box on the x-ray machine looked really odd. And we kept, we looked at it and we looked at it, called that part of the protocol is you call somebody else in to look at it more than two eyes, you know. And we finally decided there was something wrong with this package. So we called in TSA and Homeland Security and they came to the site and we opened the box up and somebody had injected um, nitroglycerin into each one of these big bubbles so that when the package was open, wherever it was headed, I don't remember where the package was headed now, they would be able to, to use that nitro for some nefarious service, obviously. Um, so you're always looking for, it was, it was unusual stuff. It was unusual. And you, I felt like I was doing something important. Not that we are all aren't doing something important, but the, but the, I guess the thing I would push most on this for any entrepreneur is don't give up on the, on the forward progress. It's been a, my, one of the favorite things for me. I'm a, I was a musician at heart. I've been a musician all of my life. Um, and music says a lot. There's a song that has been a part of me since I started this business. And it's called, don't give, it's called, um, I'm so glad is the name of the song, but it's, I'm so glad I didn't give up on the rocky road to my dreams. It's rocky. Sometimes it doesn't grow the seeds you think you planted <laughs> and you have to make a shift and you go a different direction. Like we followed the security for a while and then the airlines picked it up and we couldn't compete with the airlines. So we shut down that part of the business. And we went for straight compliance. The thing that's helped me the most in the last few years has been the connections with people. They, it's word of mouth. I'm sure you see that a lot in your business too. It's what what have you done for one person who then they say, oh, this this lady's really good at what she does. She'll dig into it. She'll find out what has to be. She knows the people in Washington. She and it's developing those relationships with people. And that can help you do your job. Research now, I was telling somebody, uh, we used to have to go to the library to do the research. You know, you get out the regulations and you read and it could be real dry. Or you try to find a picture of something you were trying to classify. If they told you it was an eye bolt, you know, what does an eye bolt look like? Now, you Google it, right? <laughs> and that's where the synonyms come in. Because a lot of times you Google eye bolt, but it doesn't come up with what you think it's going to come up with. And how do you identify what it is that you want to do with that? So you you pivot to something new and you say, okay, well, that didn't go the direction I need it to go. How do I get back over here? Tell someone that's in that struggle period before the pivot. Um, keep walking. You know, I, I just always had God in my head saying, just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Just keep putting one foot in front of the other. The end of this song says, um, I'm glad I can stand here today, right here, right now, and say thank you for making a way. And sometimes to get to that place that I was right here, right now, was just one foot in front of the other. The other thing is with the curiosity, um, be willing to listen to somebody else's curiosity. 
we're, everybody talks about getting outside the box. In my business, you get outside the box, but you get into three or four other boxes. <laughs> so it's, it's, I want to say it's like box hopping. You, you have to go from one box to another to another in order to find out what it is that that particular regulation is looking for. And sometimes it's, it's the underneath side of all of that that says, like everybody's aware of the China tariffs right now, even if you're not in trade compliance, businesses are having to pay those China tariffs and they're looking for trade compliance people to say, how do I get around this? Well, I'm not one to get around regulations because that's what I do, but you have to be creative enough to think a little bit outside of this box that's the regulations and get to two other boxes that might give you a legitimate option to mitigate that regulation. It won't negate it. You still might have to pay 5% instead of 25%, but you've jumped from the 25% box into a 5% box because there's an exception or there's something that you can apply. So it's part of it's being curious, part of it's being creative and, and allowing other people to contribute to that creativity. It's not just my own. I like to listen to somebody else's ideas and say, yeah, I could do that. I like box hopping. I think that's what you ought to title your book when you write it. <laughs> okay, box hopping. <laughs> I'll try that. <laughs> so before we get off here, what's one final word of encouragement for somebody who maybe they've started later in life? Maybe they're not sure they have the right path chosen for them quite yet. I think it would be listen to the people around you, people around you, especially if you're older, like I was in my forties when I started the business. Um, if you're older, you've got good relationships with people, both younger and older than you. You're kind of in the middle of things at that point. Listen to people on both sides of you that say, um, yeah, you could be good at this. Or, you know, maybe you ought to look in a little bit of a different direction, or maybe you ought to add this like we like somebody suggested adding the security part to the business that was still cargo, but it was, it was a whole new field and it was a, it was an enlightening field. So I guess that was the biggest thing that I learned at that point in moving through it was to listen to not only friends, but people that I didn't really know. Sometimes I, somebody I'm in business with, I'd say, well, tell me what you think about such and such, you know, some new regulation or some new uh, opportunity that was coming up. Do you think we could be good at that? Yeah, I think you ought to stay with what you're doing. I just continue to develop it. Don't try to get too many, too many irons in the fire at one time because there were so many opportunities around that time. How do you choose which ones you want to do? And so sometimes it was what seemed like restrictions kept me on the path to where I was going. Thank you so much for sharing your story today. How can someone get in touch with you? What's your website? Website is um, watsondavis.com. Uh, I have a LinkedIn profile under the same name, watsondavis.com. On my website, it gives the full gamut of the type of regulations and trade compliance that I do from, from um, classifications all the way through to cargo handling and, and regulations that I can't really talk about. <laughs> but they're all on the site by name. And if you're into that part of the business, you recognize them. Um, and then I try to keep uh, newsletters and articles that I've written on the LinkedIn page, um, which is the other, you know, the other way to get in touch with me. Unfortunately, because of uh, a lot of the government rules for people in my position, I can't have a Facebook page. So <laughs> I don't have have a Facebook page that anybody can access. But 
um, that would be the best way to get hold of me. If you guys want to reach out to her, find her on watsondavis.com, and we'll see you later. Have a great day, guys, and always be successful and be curious. I like it. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening to the OP Podcast. Join the conversation on Facebook or look us up online at OptimizeProfitability.com. And always remember, you were born with a purpose. Now, go live like you believe it.